following is a presentation of Main Street Media, your source for news, sports, and information on Main Street in Middle Tennessee. Well, we made it to a Friday here on Main Street Sports today as we welcome you in. Our special guest host today, Mr. Steve Lehman, News Channel 5, will be joining us throughout the show today where we will be joined by Nashville Sounds play-by-play voice Jeff Hem, our regular Friday 2.15 slots uh, embroiled in a series. Oh, just west of here down in Memphis, we'll chat with him about that series and more. Joe Rex Road around 3 o'clock. Double timing. We get double the dose of Joe Rex Road today. The Athletic Nashville, plenty to get into. Game six, the NBA last night. The Warriors get the win. College World Series, that's the MCWS. NHL, Stanley Cup, Preds, and more. Plenty to get into with that. The Braves go for 15 tonight. We'll preview it. Moe's feeling pretty confident about it. We got one Braves and one Cubby, apparently. Back-to-back Cubs fans. Mo on the show. So, adds a little extra spice to the weekend series. Let's get after it. Happy Friday. J.P. Plant, the Hall of Famer, Mo Patton, Steve Lehman, our special guest host, News Channel 5. Gentlemen, happy Friday. Happy Friday to you as well, JP. And it wasn't necessarily by design that we had back-to-back Cub fans <laughs> as the Braves travel to Wrigley Field looking to extend that win streak. And actually, that's not tonight. That's right now. Ah, yes. That's Braves right. and Cubs scoreless middle of the third right okay. now. So, okay. um, And Steve very much in the same vein as Teresa Walker yesterday <laughs> doesn't live and die with the Cubs and Right now, that's probably a good thing. <laughs> that's a very good thing. I, I love the Cubbies. I grew up with them, guys. But, uh, you know, if you uh, lived and died with them 162 games a year, you'd be a very depressed individual <laughs> for most of your life. So I can say that there was that glorious October, or maybe it was November 1st or whatever night back in 2016 that was pretty special. And, frankly, when that happened, I could die happy. So I, I choose not to die with them every day when they struggle. Well, they, they certainly are right now. As JP said, we'll get more into that later in the show as the Braves go for their 15th straight and the Cubs hope not to drop their 11th straight. As Teresa corrected me yesterday, they're not streaking. They're skidding, skidding. right now, the Cubs are. So um, <laughs> we, as, as Braves fans, are hoping that skid continues for another two or three days here anyway. But a um, lot to talk about. And... Our top story, we'll call it the puck drop, because as we were keeping tabs on game six of the NBA finals, which we'll also get into later, news started to break about the Nashville Predators being sold. And Axios.com is reporting that former Governor Bill Haslam is joining the ownership group of the Predators, gradually purchasing chairs from lead owner Herb Fritch over the next three years. So I guess that means that eventually Bill Haslam will become the lead owner. Steve, what do you understand about that situation? And what do you feel like it means for the Predators and for Predator fans? Yeah, it's interesting. It came kind of as a shock to me last night, Mo. I think it's a lot of people because we haven't heard much, if anything, about this up until 
the initial reports came last night, but it makes a little bit more sense to me because if you go back to the end of the season when the Predators lost, I think there are a lot of people out there who are calling for somebody in ownership, Herb Fritch or somebody to step forward and kind of give an explanation of where they feel this team and the franchise is right now because obviously it feels like they're going in the wrong direction. They keep going to the playoffs but compared to the run that led up to 2017 and how special that was getting the Stanley Cup final, they don't feel anywhere in the same ballpark as that right now. And so I think people are looking for somebody to stand up and say, hey, this, this is what we think is happening right now. This is the direction we want to go in. This is our faith in David Poyle and John Hines, et cetera. And it never happened. And the idea now to think that maybe the plans were in the works, that they may be shifting towards a more permanent owner or a controlling owner, so to speak, like Bill Haslam, makes more sense for the silence. Because I know those guys wanted to be in the background, but at some point, and I think the franchise is in this place now, you need someone who is literally writing and cashing the checks to step forward and talk about the direction and they just don't have that person right now. Maybe Bill Haslam in the future will be just that. Well, Fritch is one of 17 people mm-hmm. that own shares in the franchise. So who who is that person that steps forward and signs the checks? Surely it's not all 17 of them. I mean, how does how unwieldy is an ownership group of 17 folks for a major sports franchise? Well, you know, it can certainly happen. And obviously, the way it was set up here in Nashville was critical because it's what kept the team here in Nashville back in 2007. And so that ownership structure has served the franchise very well for a long period of time here. But I do think they've kind of reached this point where they have made the in-game experience at Bridgestone Arena as good as it can get. They have made the team a consistent playoff contender. They had the deepest run in playoff history. You know, they were two wins away from winning the whole thing. They've been right there on the doorstep. But I think a lot of fans are looking around now, and they think that in-game experience maybe has gotten a little bit stale in the last couple of years. The product on the ice has gotten a little bit stale the last couple of years. The general manager has made a series of questionable decisions, and you look at him at 72 years of age, and you think, is this the guy that if we need to take a step back or reload or rebuild, however you want to phrase it, is he the guy that's going to be willing to do it? I think those are the questions that Predators fans have right now and that they were asking at the end of the season, and they never got an answer. So I think that is where the ownership structure comes in to be a problem is it's difficult for one guy, even Herb Fritsch, to step forward and speak for 17 people, as you mentioned. But if you get a controlling owner in there, you know, you can liken it a little bit to the Titans with Amy Adams Strunk. When Bud Adams passed, there was confusion about who exactly was controlled. Was it Susie? Was it Amy? Was it Sam Smith? You know, it was a very difficult conversation back then. And then all of a sudden, Amy stepped over to be the controlling owner. And since then, the Titans have been a well-oiled machine in terms of renovations movement with the the new stadium here in town, the international game, the NFL draft, the new jerseys, the team winning, all of that stuff has happened since she became the controlling owner. And I think if you're a Predators fan, you're sitting back here thinking right now, maybe that's what can happen if Bill Haslam becomes the man 
facing forward for the Predators. Uh, go ahead, JP. I, I was just going to say, you know, we've we've seen a Haslam in ownership of a sports team before, right? <laughs> now, granted, a different Haslam, but still a Haslam nonetheless. So, Steve, how will this be different, or will it? Uh, yeah, no, it's a fair question. Uh, you know, it's a totally fair question. I do think that the thing about the Haslam ownership is they've been around with teams before in in professional sports, and so if you get Bill Haslam in, obviously he loves the state of Tennessee, he loves Nashville, so. You know, I think you draw on that experience, obviously, with him in that sure. regard. That, that, <laughs> it was a question that begged asking, it JP, had to be. because yeah, I, had to I be. was kind of looking at that as well. Yeah. You know, um, I mean, still your thunder there, Mo, but yeah. No, 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 you're fine. Mind. You are you're just <laughs> fine. Um, apparently, again, according to Axios.com, this transition is supposed to happen over maybe a three-year period. There's been no, no word out of the predators on this officially so this is all i don't know if it's unsourced necessarily but it's not straight from the horse's mouth so to speak uh what type of boost do you think this gives over a three-year period steve as as the transition takes place well, if it truly is three years, I wouldn't be surprised if we don't really get an official explanation from the Predators for three years, because their track record has not exactly been that they're forthcoming with all the information when it's, you know, first and foremost on the on the burner. And so I think it may be a very quiet and kind of slow transition until they reach a point that they and even if they get to this point where Bill Haslam essentially takes over the role as controlling owner or chairman of the team from Herb Fritch. And then maybe when that happens, he becomes a little bit more front-facing because Herb Fritch, like Tom Sigaran before him, those guys don't really like being out front and talking. As we mentioned, when you have 17 owners that you're speaking for, that's a difficult proposition. And I, as smart as those guys are, I'm sure they don't necessarily want to get out and say things that maybe a couple of the members of the ownership group don't necessarily agree with. And so they just leave the operational stuff up to Sean Henry and the hockey stuff up to David Poyle and his staff. And that'll be interesting. I mean, perhaps Bill Haslam, because of that family's background in sports, maybe he will want to have a little bit more say, or maybe he'll be willing to come forward. The political background, he'll be willing to step out and and say some things and even take some heat from time to time. Maybe that'll happen. But I imagine this will be a fairly slow, smooth transition into whatever role he ultimately takes on. Definitely an interesting development, as we saw last night and into the morning. Apparently, former Tennessee Governor Bill Haslam set to become the lead owner of the Nashville Predators and certainly something that we'll be keeping tabs on as it progresses um jp yes sir you've gotten a bit of a re reprieve this week with the rundown it's been <laughs> fairly short and quick that's going to change today as we get into thursday's results and the weekend's 
upcoming schedule here on the rundown. Yep, it's uh, it is Friday. That means it's the weekend. Let's get to it. This is the, the rundown. The Friday Rundown is brought to you by Chip Walters of Exit Realty, Bob Lamb & Associates. The voice of the Blue Raiders also wants to be your trusted advisor in real estate. Contact Chip at 615-542-1915 or through his website at choosechip.net. Chip Walters, proud to support local youth sports in southern Middle Tennessee. All right, let's get to it. Thursday results in Major League Baseball. The Padres over the Cubs 6-4 to yesterday. Phillies 10-1 winners over the Nationals. It was the Mets 5-4 to over the Brewers. Again, the Brewers, Mo letting us down mm-hmm. uh the sounds fall to memphis seven to six we'll talk with jeff him coming up in our next segment so stay tuned as that weekend series will continue uh this evening last night game six nba finals the warriors 103 90 winners as they pick up their fourth title in eight years steph curry named finals mvp four games to two they get the win in boston last night uh, the schedule for today, we've got uh, the Phillies and the Nationals already in progress, as are the Braves and Cubs. Phillies leading 5-1, bottom of the six. All right. Braves and Cubs, no score, um, top of the fourth. Okay. Uh, elsewhere in Major League Baseball, the Brewers at the Reds tonight at 540. Uh, game two uh, tonight, uh, Phillies at the Nationals, a day-night doubleheader. Cardinals at the Red Sox. 610 Central, also at 610 Marlins at the Mets. And the Sounds still in Memphis. 705, Caleb Bushley is your starter there tonight. The MCWS, that's the College World Series in Omaha. Uh, currently, uh, the first game out in the top of the third. It is Oklahoma 8, Texas A&M 3. So, Oklahoma, the Sooners continue their hot start or hot play here in the postseason. Tonight uh, at 6 o'clock Central, roughly, it is Texas versus Notre Dame for day one of the MCWS in Omaha. American Legion Baseball post-19 seniors are down in Troy, Alabama, taking on uh, post-70 or at the post-70 Father's Day Invitational. They'll be there through the weekend through Sunday. U.S. Open continues today round two currently. Taryn and Lingmurth are at four under in the lead. Scheffler, Rahm, Morikawa, Hardy, Harmon, and Damon all at minus three. And I believe Rory is, was at two. He may have dropped back down. Yep, he's back down to one under. Double bogey on, the, I believe, the third hole. Got a birdie back, but is bogeyed and is at one. Uh, elsewhere, it is uh, the NHL Stanley Cup Final Game 2. Uh, let's see. No, we'll go to Saturday schedule. There we go. Don't go down too far. Braves the Cubs tomorrow. A day game. 120, your first pitch um, on Bally right for the Braves. Justin Steele for the Cubbies. Brewers of the Reds, uh, Marlins, Mets, Phillies, Nationals all afternoon matinees. Cardinals at the Red Sox tomorrow night. Sounds continue their series 635 in Memphis tomorrow night. And day two of the College World Series, Stanford and Arkansas at 1, and Auburn and Ole Miss at 6. There's three of um, those four SEC West teams in action. Stanley Cup Final Game 2 is Saturday Night Lightning and the Avalanche, 7 o'clock Central ABC. The Avs lead that series seven, uh, excuse me, 1 to nothing, the best of 7, 1 to nothing. Of course, uh, the uh, weekend continues at Brookline at the Country Club tomorrow. 
on NBC. Sunday schedule, the Phillies and the Nationals, uh, Cardinals, Red Sox, Brewers and Reds, uh, Marlins, Mets, and Braves and Cubs all afternoon starts, as is the Sounds and Memphis 205 for that one. And the College World Series, you've got the Losers bracket, the early game, winners bracket, the late game from today. Nashville Soccer Club uh, will be in action Sunday evening at 5 o'clock, FS1, uh, taking on Sporting Kansas City. And the final round of the U.S. Open concludes on Father's Day. And happy Father's Day, by the way, to all of you fathers out there. And that is your Friday Rundown. Brought to you by ChooseChip.net. There you go. Give JP a little bit of a break following that lengthy rundown that he's not been used to this week. (laughs) And when we come back here on Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint, we will be joined by the voice of the Nashville Sounds, Jeff Hem. So stay tuned. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. Hey folks, while we take a quick break from the show, I want to tell you about our friends over at Custom Stone Handlers in downtown Columbia. Ed Rich and his team at Custom Stone Handlers believe in leadership. And outside of the military, our greatest leader building platform is sports. Custom Stone Handlers proudly encourages young people to get in the game. You can contact them today at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods here in Columbia has been outfitting teams, officials, and anybody else from T-ball to college for 50 plus years. Be sure and check them out at 931-388-8060 or online at jonesandlang.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, the look of a winner. Zion Christian Academy, zioneagles.org or 931-388-5731. You can schedule your appointment. Go toward their campus. It is beautiful over there and you're definitely going to want to see it. Again, it's zioneagles.org. Give them a call, 931-388-5731 and schedule your tour today. Are you an enthusiastic sports fan? Want to have fun and get in on the action? Heck yes, that'd be awesome. Have great attention to detail? Want to stay active? Definitely. Want to give back to the student athletes in your community? Obviously, yes. Then you'd make an excellent high school sports official. We need more officials in Tennessee. Because with no high school officials, there are no high school sports. Sign up today at highschoolofficials.com. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic injuries and our OrthoQuick walk-in service lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. Welcome back in Main Street Sports today on this Friday edition. J.P. Plant alongside the Hall of Famer Mo Patton and 
Our special guest host, Steve Lehman, News Channel 5, joining us today. Busy, busy show. Later on, we'll be joined by Jeff, uh, excuse me, by Joe Rexroad, uh, as we'll be talking the um, Men's College World Series. Uh, many, many topics. Also, this day in Braves history and the Braves and the Cubs, uh, they are underway already for their weekend series. So, plenty to get into, Mo, but we've got a Friday staple to get to. We absolutely do. Joining us now is voice of the Nashville Sounds, Jeff Hem, gracing us with his, um, well, I'm not going to say his beautiful face, but gracing <laughs> us on video. It's a looks good looking like, face. Come on. Looks like from First Horizon Park already. No, no, no. I'm sorry. From AutoZone Park in Memphis. You already there? Yeah, I'm here. It's great to see you guys. I'm sorry you have to deal with my face, but it's good to see yours. <laughs> well, it's it's. You know, it, it goes both ways. But, yeah, um, Jeff, the sounds dropped a tough one, have dropped a few tough ones here of late. And if you're into standings watching on June 17th, they are atop the International League West by half a game over Columbus and these Redbirds that they will continue their series against tonight. Yeah, there's a few different layers, I feel like, when the Sounds and Redbirds match up. Obviously, the intrastate rivalry is fun, and the teams go way back from their days at AA in the Southern League and now long time at AAA. Uh, it's back to being Brewers and Cardinals affiliates, as those two teams are jockeying for position atop the National League Central. Uh, and then there's just the component of the Sounds kind of on their own, and they've had sole possession of first place since May the 5th, uh, and that, again, becomes now in jeopardy tonight uh, as they are a half game, as you mentioned, against two teams, including the one that they're playing. Um, you know, offensively in June, the team has not quite had the production that they had in May. May, they were one of the better offensive teams in the league. Uh, the pitching has been pretty steady throughout, uh, but the, the wins and losses lately have kind of ebbed and flowed as the offense has gone. And there are just a few guys that they're they're trying to kind of get going a little bit more. Um, you know, a lot of different reasons why those kind of things can happen, especially at AAA. Roster movement is always a storyline. Uh, the Brewers have had some needs over the last few weeks, especially on the pitching side. So there's been movement there that you know at AAA you're always going to have to deal with. Uh, but at the end of the day, this is still a, a really good team. And um, even if they're not playing their best right now, and they're also running into some good teams, uh, Durham for the Rays, uh, Norfolk has a ton of Orioles prospects on that team, and these Redbirds are one of the better offensive teams in the league. So you're going up against good competition in addition to trying to get yourself right. Uh, but at the end of the day, you know, about 60 games in, this is a good team. They've been fun to watch, and a lot of guys have gone to the big leagues and gotten some chances, and that'll continue. And uh, from a sound standpoint, it's been it's been fun to watch them, and it's been an intriguing series so far here in Memphis. Sounds took the Wednesday matchup 8-4 in extras. That's the um, the one win thus far in the series for the Sounds. Um, but I did see that Corey Ray is back, which I made it out to the ballpark on Saturday, and he was not playing. Was he? Um, what was his situation? Has he been injured? What's going on with him? He was hurt for a little while, uh, and that's why he he had a few weeks where he was not playing. And now that he's come back. Uh, they've been careful with him. Yeah, you know they don't want to get him right back in there every single day, and so they, he's he's played a little bit more sporadically. Kind of a similar situation they're dealing with in the outfield with Garrett Whitley, and so those two guys have sort of 
um, gone back and forth in terms of sharing the playing time in the outfield. But but Corey is back, and, and he's one of the guys, Rick Sweet has said, they, they want to get going now that they've got him healthy again. Um, he was off to a good start this year, just like he was last year when he started to miss some time. Uh, so he's one of the guys that, uh, you know, the Brewers are high on, the Sounds are high on, and they're they're trying to get Corey going. A good example of what the offense is trying to do overall because we've seen Corey play so well, and uh, they're trying to get him back to where he was pre-injury. Pablo Reyes looked good in that Saturday night game that I was at. Jeff, what what are the thoughts about him over the course of this season? Yeah, he's done. He's done very well. He had a little bit of a late start to the season, um, something he had to go back home for during spring training. And so his his timeline was kind of delayed. And he told me when we were in Toledo a couple of weeks ago, he's really starting to feel better at the plate, feel more consistent, um, kind of getting his feet under him a little bit with his swing and it, just feeling comfortable from that standpoint. Uh, and he did well when the Brewers needed him recently for about a week. He went up there. Mark Mathias is up there now, and he and Pablo kind of share the same role. They can play all over, uh, good defensively, a little bit of power. And so Mathias is up there now, but even Pablo got a chance up there uh, when the Brewers were dealing without Colton Wong and Willie Adamas, and there have been some needs up there. So um, it's been good to see Pablo play well. Uh, Mario Feliciano has been playing very well offensively. That was kind of a fun storyline when this series began here in Memphis because both teams have a really highly touted young catcher. The Sounds with Mario Feliciano and the Redbirds with Ivan Herrera. But now Herrera is going up because uh, Yadier Molina is is now hurt for St. Louis. So the Redbirds are losing a key guy from their standpoint, and the Sounds are getting good production right now from Feliciano. Jeff Hamm, the voice of the Nashville Sounds, joining us here on Main Street Sports today. Jeff, um, as I mentioned, made it out to the ballpark, out to First Horizon last Saturday, um, and it was a really cool event there as the Sounds honored the only native Nashvilleian in the National Baseball Hall of Fame, Norman Turkey Stearns from, um, of Negro League fame, um, played for the Nashville Elite Giants, played for the Detroit Stars, among others, and got a chance to meet his sister, his daughters, excuse me, <laughs> Joyce and Roslyn. And the Sounds gave out Turkey Stearns jerseys, as you guys like to call them. And it was, it was just a really cool event, I thought. I agree. It was great to have you there and part of it. Um, and I, I love what I'm proud of what our team, the Sounds Front Office, put together um, to, to properly honor Turkey Stearns and to continue to honor people like Turkey Stearns. Um, it was it was really cool. I, I learned a lot. I've learned a lot about Turkey Stearns over the last few months. His daughters are tremendous people and they're so proud to tell their dad's story. And, you know, as I was telling you, Mo. Uh, there were other people the sounds were trying to early on in the in the spring and winter as they're planning things, trying to figure out kind of who should we start with? Who should we honor first? And different people said, well, you can't family members of other players said, well, you can't you can't honor my dad or my grandfather, whomever, until you start with Turkey Stearns. There was sort of a, a consensus of what he meant uh, and continues to mean to the the origin of, of baseball in Nashville and, and just telling the stories of all those amazing Negro League players and what they went through and then the recognition they didn't get but now need to get. So I, I it was really cool. I'm glad you were there. 
Uh, I hope other people were there. I've archived uh, some of the audio from the ceremony that played that people can go online and find. I've, I've tweeted it out just because there are some great clips in their comments from uh, from Skip Nippert and uh, other historians and, and uh, Nashvilleians who, who were helping tell the story of what Turkey Stearns meant. So it was, uh, you know, it was really cool. I, I'm proud of what our organization did on that. I had very little to do with it, but I'm proud of them and their ability to tell Turkey's story because it's pretty cool. Guys, jump in. <laughs> Steve, what you got? Well, Jeff, I'm just curious watching from uh, just down the street at News Channel 5 most of the time if I can't uh, make the walk into the ballpark. So often we see teams that get off to the hot start like the Sounds did. Well, it's because they got really good players. And oftentimes those players then get rated to go up to the big league. You mentioned a couple of those guys. How much has that impacted how they've played in June, the influx of guys coming and going? And do you see it settling down at any point, or is this just the reality of AAA baseball? I think it's probably the reality of AAA baseball, and I think it feels even um, more glaring right now because April was remarkably quiet in that regard. Uh, we had almost no movement, uh, and now the Brewers have had some different guys uh, go down, unfortunately, with injuries. Uh, we're going to have Brandon Woodruff starting here tomorrow in Memphis on rehab for Milwaukee. That's a guy that they're trying to get back, and while he's been out, uh, one of the better sound starting pitchers, Jason Alexander, uh, insert George Costanza joke here. Jason Alexander has been up for the Brewers uh, and doing a tremendous job up there. Well, obviously, then that's one key guy of a sounds rotation that the sounds individually don't have. But you love the story of Jason. I mean, he's 29 years old. He's never been a prospect. He's had injuries. And it's just all sort of come together for him this year to get these chances. And he's doing really well up there. So while, yes, that does have a quote-unquote negative effect on the Sounds' ability to win games. At the end of the day, you see a guy like that so deserving of a big league chance and do well with it. Um, those stories never get old. So that certainly has played a role, especially from a pitching standpoint. The Sounds' rotation has been a little bit different uh, at times because of guys like Jason going up. And really what, what happens is guys get called up who have the, the – the freshest arm or who's on the most days of rest, who's most available in this case for the Brewers, those are the guys the Sounds are going to lose. That, But rarely do you then get a guy immediately up from AA to backfill that spot. So that's just life at AAA where the AAA team has to sort of just kind of figure it out and get by. And that that's, I think, had the, a greater impact on the Sounds is just getting thin in the bullpen at times because they're not immediately – getting somebody back, or if they are, it's somebody who's coming down from the Brewers, but the reason they're coming down is because they just pitched up there. So even though they're coming back to your roster, they're not going to be available for a couple of days. So it's this puzzle piece that Rick Sweet and our pitching coach, Jeremy Accardo, have to navigate. So that, that's life at AAA. It happens. I think the depth then is what keeps you winning games, and that's why even with all this movement in May and June, the sounds are still where they are at the top of the division hanging in because they've got the depth in the Brewers organization to kind of withstand a couple of key guys going up and, and helping. Mo mentioned earlier, Pablo Reyes, he's having a great season. And the other guy that it seems like I'm calling his name every night in the highlight is Abraham Almonte. To get this offense going back to where they were a couple of weeks ago, how important is he? And who are some of the other guys that have to step up in your mind? 
Yeah, Almonte's been huge, and he is the typical sort of veteran presence that you like to have on a good AAA team just because he's been in the game so much and had so much major league time. Um, you know, he, I know you guys will know, Mo, I know you'll know, Almonte had some huge hits for the Braves down the stretch last year. He was a big reason why that team uh, made the run that they did. And Almonte is very proud of the World Series ring that he got for his time with Atlanta last year. And you're, and you're right, Steve, he's been huge for the Sounds. Uh, switch hitter, uh, plays a good outfield, and he is kind of a, a leader on the team in that way. Um, so he's been big. Uh, Weston Wilson is starting to come along now. He's a guy that uh, went through a little bit of a, a slow patch, but uh, had a big home run last night trying to help them rally from down 7 nothing. and the Sounds lost 7-6, made it really interesting in the ninth inning. So Wilson's been a key guy, and Bryce Terang is just so fun to watch. Every single day, 22-year-old shortstop makes a wow play in some way, shape, or form. Um, Terang has really been uh, not just impressive, but consistent this year. Uh, he's been a lot of fun to watch. The Nashville Sounds finish up their six-game series out at Memphis, 7.05 tonight, 6.35 Saturday, 2.05 on Sunday. Return to First Horizon Park for 12 games starting on Tuesday, six against Gwinnett and another six against Indy, the Indians. So, Jeff will get to sleep in his own bed for a little bit. Mo, um, Mo I, I've got one <laughs> one final question for Jeff. While in Memphis, give me your best restaurant you've eaten this week. What is it? Oh boy! What's the best food? I have not been at it. I have not been as adventurous as uh, as I probably should be. Uh, I did. I do enjoy Aldo Pizza, which is right near yeah. our hotel. Uh, good spot there. I have not yet made it to Rendezvous. I know people feel very strongly one way or the other about Rendezvous. I've not. That's gotten very disappointing. That's uh, very disappointing to hear. Yeah. You got to make that. <laughs> and I haven't gotten there yet. Yes. Yes. You've got yeah. some time, Jeff. Yeah. It'll, yeah. Well. And uh, and Central Barbecue is yeah. very good as well as Rendezvous. So they're get on the some weekend cue. list. It'll yeah, happen. get some cue. Oh, yeah. For, no, it's going to happen. <laughs> There's no doubt. It's going to happen. Absolutely. Jeff Hamm, the voice of the Nashville Sounds, joining us here on Main Street today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Jeff, we appreciate See you guys. Have a great weekend. Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. Hey folks, while we take a quick break from the show, I want to tell you about our friends over at Custom Stone Handlers in downtown Columbia. Ed Rich and his team at Custom Stone Handlers believe in leadership. And outside of the military, our greatest leader building platform is sports. Custom Stone Handlers proudly encourages young people to get in the game. You can contact them today at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. 
Jones and Lang Sporting Goods here in Columbia has been outfitting teams, officials, and anybody else from T-ball to college for 50 plus years. Be sure and check them out at 931-388-8060 or online at jonesandlang.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, the look of a winner. Zion Christian Academy, zioneagles.org or 931-388-5731. You can schedule your appointment. Go toward their campus. It is beautiful over there and you're definitely going to want to see it. Again, it's zioneagles.org. Give them a call, 931-388-5731 and schedule your tour today. A game without a crowd is just a scrimmage. A performance without an audience is just a rehearsal. Without your presence, high school sports and the performing arts aren't possible. Ensure that these essential extracurricular activities continue to enrich the lives of students in Tennessee. Purchase a ticket to your local high school's game or performance. This message presented by the TSSAA. Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic injuries and our orthoquick walk-in service lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. Welcome back to Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. JP played alongside the Hall of Famer Mo Patton and Steve Lehman News Channel 5, our special guest host today. Uh, coming up, uh, we'll be joined by Joe Rexroad uh, around 3 o'clock today. Update on the U.S. Open. Gentlemen, we've got now a three-way tie atop the leaderboard. Morikawa has moved to four under along with uh, Taryn and Lingmer. There we go. Um, so those three at four under and then five more at three under, including Scotty Scheffler and others. So there's the latest from uh, the country club, Mo. The country club mm-hmm. in Brookline, Massachusetts. Yes. There um, are no others. There are yeah. no others. <laughs> yeah, we kind of talked about that yesterday. I thought it was a little presumptuous of them, <laughs> but um, JP gave me a little history lesson. They are one of the, one of the first five country clubs. Is that right? That was Shake what I heard yesterday on the broadcast. One of the first five to join the PGA. So I guess they have a little bit of, uh, you know, a little bit of oomph behind that, calling themselves the country club because they were one of the first. Or, I, I will say that calling yourself the country club sounds much better than of the first five. That's true. Club. That's true. So they at least did that right. Rolls off the tongue <laughs> a little easier, right, Steve? <laughs> Steve, we just figured they were maybe opened by an Ohio State University mm. graduate. <laughs> yeah, good way. Good way. Yeah. Flex to the Northeast from Columbus. Yeah, there you go. Uh, um, Braves getting one of Charlie Morton's better starts to this point. Four scoreless right now as they go to the bottom of the fifth. They and the Cubs are tied at zero. And, you know, and Steve, again, in your position as sports anchor at News Channel 5, I'm, I'm sure that you've kind of been paying attention to what they've done over the course of the season and and obviously over this last couple of weeks, um, starting to really catch fire and, and obviously put a little pressure on the Mets maybe in the, um, in the NL East. Um, as a fan, it just feels like they've been playing closer to their potential and fun to see because they weren't early on. But, you know, from a guy who does this professionally, what what are, what are your thoughts on what they've been able to do here over the last couple of weeks? Well, don't you think sometimes we see, especially with teams who maybe haven't been there before, like the Braves were last year, you know, they were first-time champions in that 
run they had last year, which is incredible. I think maybe there was a bit of a hangover that went into the spring, whether that means they partied too much into the winter or didn't get the season went so long. They didn't start back up as as early as maybe they normally would otherwise. I just don't think they came out of the gates very well. And maybe we're living in 2021 a little bit as opposed to playing the April schedule in front of them. And obviously some of the, the lockout talk and everything that happened this spring made the, the spring training and the preseason sort of weird for everybody. And they did get off to a slow start. And I wondered how much that had taken out of them and if they would find their stride. But they certainly have here as of late. I mean, the numbers keep going. And frankly, a lot of these games haven't even been close. And you sort of look out there and you wonder, especially when they're playing the Cubs this weekend, if they're ever going to lose again. And obviously, you know, they're going to lose between now and the end of the season. But they definitely look much more like the Braves team I think we expected them to be coming into the season. And I also think maybe the Mets have taken a step back a little bit. They were playing great baseball early on in the year, maybe better than I thought they were. And so now they're coming back to the pack a little bit. The Braves are playing good ball. And I frankly expect that the Braves are going to win this division before the season's over because I think they're playing much more like we expected now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, they've, they've put some things together. As you mentioned, the short spring training, the season started late. Maybe some pitchers like Charlie Morton weren't as locked in early on. Charlie Morton coming off of the broken leg that he um, sustained in the World Series against Houston. So had a few things working against him, and maybe there was a little bit of a hangover, like you said, Steve, but they they certainly seem to have snapped out of it as of right now anyway. I think they're averaging about seven runs plus per game in this 14-game win streak that they're on right now. But um, the Cubs and Keegan Thompson, of all people, holding them – scoreless to this point again zero zero as we um finish up the bottom of the uh, the top of the fifth here now so um I, I don't expect that to last long by the way with the braves offense and the, the cubs bullpen team that's lost 10 straight i don't think we're going to be looking at goose eggs on the scoreboard even the manual scoreboard that wrigley they're going to put up a crooked number at some point I think we lost him over. He'll come back for just a second. Uh, we had now actually the top of the sixth uh, with what I'm following. Uh, the Cubs were able to get a runner on first base. They got a second hit of the game, but then hit into a 5-4-3 double play, and then Hayward uh, lines out to Adam Duvall. So we head to the top of the sixth, still scoreless now, Mo. Your feed is ahead of my feed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you so said you're, top you're of the fifth. Yeah, we're, we're now to the top of the sixth. Yeah, you're you're well. I meant bottom of the fifth, but yeah, you're you're playing spoiler role there. But, but that's okay. We'll take it. Um, <laughs> JP, I'm I'm sure you've been to Wrigley. I have. Uh, w- one of my f- one of my favorite days as a sports fan, just in general of attending events. Something that I didn't think about, Mo, when we had our top five Tuesday. This should have been an honorable mention. When I was in college in Murfreesboro, um, we took a day trip. You know, back then, Southwest, you could get a $39 uh, flight to Midway. So we flew up first thing in the morning, took the L train all, um, all the way out um, uh, to Wrigleyville, got some Bloody Marys, went to the day game, came back, got some stuffed crust pizza, uh, Chicago style, got back. I was back in my apartment in Brentwood by like 
nine o'clock that night. So a full day. Flew up, flew back, saw the Cubs. I think they played the Pirates that day. It was just a fantastic day. And then got to go to opening day against the Braves with my dad another year. And it snowed. We watched the game with snow. It was April. I think it was on his birthday, April 11th. Um, and it snowed in Chicago, one of the coldest games. Because you're not prepared for that at a baseball game, right? I mean, you know well, it you might be a little cold. Chicago. Yeah. Um, but not as Southern boys. I mean, come on. You know, so, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's, it's a beautiful What's thing. What's funny about that, the, the first time I went to Wrigley was in August, August of 92, and we were sitting under the roof, and mm-hmm. what you if, if you're not in the sun, the wind off Lake Michigan can be a little cool. <laughs> it wasn't very comfortable that day, unfortunately, but um, first trip to Wrigley, so you, you kind of take it as it comes, but uh, that, that was... It's a it's a fun old park. I've I've got a Wrigley Field story, but I won't get into it. But it involves a former MTSU player, a good friend of mine, Jason Maxwell. So good stuff. Um, I guess we should probably do this day in Braves history, JP. Oh, fire away! I'll get your music going. Go right ahead. All right. There we go. On June 17, 1956, Milwaukee Braves slugger Joe Adcock becomes the only player to hit a home run onto the fi- onto the roof of Ebbets Field. Adcock hits three home runs der- during the doubleheader sweep of the Brooklyn Dodgers, will go on to hit 13 career home runs at Ebbets Field more than any other visiting player. So got, got in the Wayback Machine for today's This Day in Braves history, and again, if you'd like to have your business on this damn Braves history, contact us. So that's um, the end of the Braves segment here on Main Street Sports today. When we come back, going to discuss a little bit more baseball because there was an occurrence a couple of days ago or a couple of nights ago that um, kind of wanted to delve into a little bit. So. Stay with us here on Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joints. 